Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Big show today. We've got Villanova head basketball coach, Bucknell grad, and now basketball Hall of Famer, Jay Wright, at 3.30 today. So 20 minutes, he is going to join Steve. Very, very excited to have him on. Very gracious to him that he's been able to uh, fit us into his busy schedule. He's had a lot of media attention, obviously, with the with the induct with the uh, election into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, Jay Wright at three thirty. I mean, you talk about one of the greatest college coaches still with plenty of time to go in his prime so to speak as far as a coach is concerned and to have that from our backyard here at Bucknell and that's that's pretty special so we're excited to have him at 3:30 today and obviously continuing to have success at Villanova and had a successful run with them even this year down a couple of top players including Colin Gillespie and his team made some noise in the tournament still he is just a remarkable coach and we're lucky to have him on with with Steve today. So that'll be at 3.30. And then Neil Kulong going to join us as well for his weekly takes from the NFL and the Steelers, too. Penn State football, I can't wait for this. 22nd consecutive season, they will appear at least one regular season night contest. The eight, September 18th contest versus Auburn. Under the lights and the national spotlight, 7.30 on ABC. That was announced today. 191st all-time appearance on ABC and 356th appearance on the ESPN family of networks. 110, 78-1 all-time record in games broadcasted by ABC. I can't wait for that. And hopefully there'll be a good amount of fans there. Well, I don't know if it'll be a full house, but either way, that is going to be awesome because I imagine there's definitely going to be some sort of fans in the stands for Beaver Stadium by the time we get to September. So that is going to be awesome. 
And Auburn, of course, is the first SEC opponent to visit Beaver Stadium since Alabama in 2011. Penn State 1-1 one one all-time against Auburn. Both matchups in bowl games. This is the first regular season one. Penn State won 43-14 in the 96 Outback Bowl. Auburn won the 3 Capital One Bowl 13-9. So there you go there. One local note as well. Gage Garcia, the Southern Columbia product, has entered the transfer portal from Michigan. Of course, he was doing football and wrestling. Just completed his freshman year there, so he is now entering the transfer portal. I'll be very curious what happens there. So that's a quick note for things on the local end. Also, this just came in from Jim Salisbury for the Phils. D.D. Gregoria, Scott Kingery heading to the I.L. So there's that. But, yeah, Penn State-Auburn, Steve. You ready for this? I can't wait. They're playing? 7.30 in the National really? Spotlight. Wow. Shocking. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> when you put together non-conference games... Uh, I want to take everyone back to 2016. 2016, Washington and not Penn State made the college football playoff. And one of the bigger issues I had, yes, they have one loss, but one of the bigger issues I had with it was that Washington played a non-conference schedule that had on it Portland State, Idaho. Oh, and by the way, their toughest and only Power 5 game, Rutgers. That was it. That was it. <laughs> you sit back and you go, What? And that sent a message to everybody across the country that hey, 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 it doesn't really matter who you play in the non-conference. Now, there are those that have taken this to a little different level. For example, Auburn has played Oregon in an opening game. We know that they always, that you usually see that neutral site game that Alabama normally plays. Uh, they don't do the home and away thing. Now they're starting to do the home and away thing. I think the last home and away they had was Penn State among a Power 5 school in, in 10 and 11. Ohio State, for example, played Oklahoma. Went to Norman, won. Next year, Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma went to Columbus. They won. And to the credit of Ohio State, they're playing Oregon. Now, they were supposed to have played at Autzen Stadium last year, but, you know, obviously... That's going to have to be rescheduled somewhere down the road. But they're hosting Oregon this year. These games stand out. But when the college football playoff took a team that had one loss but played a non-conference schedule of Portland State, Idaho, and Rutgers being the only Power 5 opponent of their three non-conference games and said, good enough for us, that sent a message that you didn't have to schedule anymore. 
That's why this Auburn thing I've been fascinated about the entire time because this is the kind of non-conference game that has some chops to it. And then you go down to Jordan-Hare next year. Probably play under the lights down there on the Plains. And this is, uh, I mean, so yeah, it's going to be 7.30. I'm not surprised. I mean, again, you're, you're ESPN ABC. You're aching for a game like this. Because what happens is that the SEC is really clever when it comes to how they schedule. And I've, t- I've talked about this before, so it's not. this is not going to be new ground. <laughs> okay? This is not new ground here in any way, shape, or form. But they, they only play eight conference games in the SEC, but they spread them out. You know, Florida and Tennessee plays in September. And they, every week it seems like the SEC has a big game because the schedule is a long mirage that makes you believe that every week in the SEC, it's another titanic weekend in the SEC. You got Florida, Tennessee. It's another titanic weekend in the SEC. You got Georgia playing LSU. Even though that there's a lot of Louisiana Monroe's, Louisiana Lafayette's, <laughs> Mercer's, teams like that, they're all over that schedule. Right? It gets thrown to the back of the pack because they give you a good matchup every week within the conference. So let's give Auburn credit. First of all, let's give Auburn credit because the first time Penn State tried this Auburn thing was back in 1983. (laughs) And they backed out. So Penn State ended up playing Brown instead. Backed out. Backed out. So it's not like the first time Penn State's ever tried to do a home and away with Auburn. In the 80s, they tried. (laughs) And Auburn finally, nah, we're not going to do that. You guys going to be showing up? Nah, it's like Tennessee. I'll give you one, 70s, Tennessee. Penn State went back-to-back games at Tennessee in Knoxville. They were supposed to come here for two games. Nah, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, this will be a lot of fun. And it's going to tell a lot about each team. I mean, look, Auburn has a new coach, same old quarterback, Bo Nix. Good running back. Lost a couple of uh, prime wideouts, lost their big defensive lineman. Good secondary. Smoke Monday's back. Good player. So, yeah. Looking forward to it. You're obviously very excited. I am. Definitely one I want to try and get to. It's not like going to the Indy 500 where, like, they went 500 miles and nobody went anywhere. I mean, this is going to be. So, yeah, I've been, you know, they talked to a couple different people about who to play there, and they got the home and away with Auburn, and I thought, people love games with stakes. Now, you have to play a schedule, and all parts of the schedule are important. You have to keep – obviously, you have to keep winning no matter what. 
games like Villanova, Ball State, you have, you have to win them. You need to. But it should be pointed out, they also serve a purpose for the greater good. You need seven home games. Oh, by the way, did you see the story about Stanford today? I did. Going, and I can't not, say after the everything that's transpired, I'm not surprised. Well, and they're not they're not going to bag the eleven sports. Which is, you know. Huge win for those athletes. It, it, it's great. I mean it's great. And the Pac twelve does not bring in the same kind of money the SEC or the Big Ten does, but hey, they think they can make it work. And saves some scholarships. I don't care if the quarters, has thirds, whatever they may be. Great. Great. You're all excited about Auburn, huh? Absolutely. Well, I think it's I think it's great they're gonna be here. I think it's great it's gonna be here, and I think it's gonna be great to go down there. Like it's and for the fans, it's uh, I think it it just puts a little more juice into everything. You're trying to this is a year where everybody's trying to get their get fan bases back. In fact, I got an email this morning. You know, I mean, you know, you're a diehard Yankees fan. Everybody knows I'm a Red Sox fan, so whatever. I guess because I got tickets online or whatever. A couple of years ago, you get these text messages or these emails and they're going to 100% capacity at Fenway Park on May 29th. I also saw that. So the question is will they get 100? It's one thing to say you're going to do it. How do the fans respond? So far the fans have responded pretty well but when it gets to 100 now let's see how they really respond. All right, I know we need to take a break because Jay Wright has to be on with us at 3.30 today. Um... I guess the only reason he's doing this is by I get I I guess it's because of the suit. <laughs> no, eh, I don't know about that. No, um, did it have to do more with bowlers. Absolutely, Jay Wright back loves with, his dogs. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. 
Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. They've got the best of new inventory. Sunbury Motors has them all. Great and wide array of pre-owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And on top of that, you also have a fabulous sales staff and a service department that from the time you walk in and then the time to take care of it, you're completely covered. That's why they have so much repeat business. It's just a first-class operation all the way through. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. In a few moments, we'll be joined by Jay Wright. One of the latest to make it to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. One of eight active coaches that will be Hall of Famers. A ninth would have been Roy Williams, by the way. And we'll talk to him about his time at Bucknell and, of course, about his outstanding career. So Jay Wright will join us in a few moments. He is still on an interview in Philadelphia right now. And when he's done with that, he will then talk with us. We're looking forward to talking to a guy that's, uh, what, two national titles in five years? Not bad. Pretty good. He's done everything with uh, complete class along the way. And as I said in the open, Steve, this Mm -hmm. past season might have been one of his better coaching jobs, too, considering the talent he didn't have and the run Nova still went on and gave Baylor a good game. Without Colin Gillespie who, by the way, will be back for the upcoming season. Uh, Islanders and Penguins tonight. Uh, for Flyers fans, that's known as the playoffs. <laughs> Listen, the Flyers have bigger fish going to fry right now. The uh, Islanders, of course, won the opener in overtime. How many overtime games have there been so far? Stanley Cup playoffs just got underway. Every time I turn around, there's an overtime goal. I believe last night was six with Boston and Washington. Yeah, amazing. So. They've been playing each other all season because everything's still within the division. And in the NBA tonight, this is the night for the play-in. The Charlotte Hornets will play the Indiana Pacers, 630 on TNT. Washington and the Celtics, Wizards and Celtics on TNT at 9 tonight. No, Taking your no calls Jalen at Brown. 807. It's okay. You can, computer can settle down. It's all good. And that will be, the, and then tomorrow night, by the way, is the one everybody's talking about. It's going to be the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, tonight, besides the Islanders and the Penguins, uh, Calgary and Vancouver will play. That's at 4 o'clock. When there are no fans, you can play these games anytime you want. There are no fans in Canada. They're not letting any fans in in Canada. Uh, Islanders and Pens. Uh, by the way, Calgary and Vancouver, it's the first game of the series. Islanders and Pens, Game 2 tonight. Islanders won in overtime in Game 1. Tampa Bay and Florida play. Lightning, defending Stanley Cup champions, won the opener there. That's on CNBC tonight. And the back end of the doubleheader on NBC Sportsnet tonight will be Minnesota at Vegas after the Wild in overtime won the opener. So there's your update on the Stanley Cup playoffs to this point, and then the NBA playoffs get going tonight. Uh, the NBA will have some fans involved. 
You know, see, the Phillies have the Marlins tonight. Phillies are 21-20. and 20. Zach Wheeler goes tonight for the Phillies at 3-2 and two with a 2.85 ERA. Let's see. And the Yankees have Jamison Tyone on tonight. Mike Fulton-Evitz will be on the mound for the Rangers. But Jamison Tyone will get the ball tonight for your beloved New York Yankees. All right. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. It's great to talk basketball in May. And very pleased to bring in one of the new Hall of Famers, and deservedly so, Jay Wright. Jay, first of all, from all of us to you, congratulations. Thank you, Steve. Cool to be on with you, man. I listen to you on Saturday afternoons, man. Good to hear Uh, that voice. I uh, appreciate that very much, Jay. And you know, uh, between Jack Ham on football Saturdays and Dick Girardi on basketball, I've got it made. All right, so yeah, I don't get to listen to you during basketball season. I can't. I can't be a Penn State basketball fan. I can't. I, so, sometimes I understand that. I do understand. <laughs> Jay, when you got the call, what ran through your mind? It was, um, first, I, I got the call from Jerry Colangelo, who uh, I worked with on USA Basketball. You know, we, we, we're, uh, you know, we got the Olympic team this summer, and uh, it, was, it was emotional because he, and I think it was for him, you know, because we, we've worked a lot together, and, uh, uh, you know, I, he, he deals with all the Hall of Famers, so I, I think me kind of looked at it as, as like a, a little bit of a, uh, more personal touch, you know, and, and so it was, it was pretty cool. Even though you, you know you're going to get the call and it's going to go one way or the other, you know, they tell you we're going to call between 12 and 2. Uh, he called 11:59, and um, <laughs> and, and you're, you're you know you're kind of waiting. I right? give it to me one way or the other here. It's over with, <laughs> and and it's it's emotional. It really is, it's, and it's it's overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, you come out of Bucks County. You go to Bucknell. What did the Bucknell experience mean to you, Jay? Oh man, everything. I I was a you know Bucks County, uh, Northeast Philly. My family is from Northeast Philly. Like I never left that area. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about anything. I I, I never left Philly ever. So I came up to Bucknell thinking. I, it's a suburb of some. I thought everybody everywhere was a suburb of every uh, major city. <laughs> so I thought like I'm at Bucknell, and it's you know that suburb of Harrisburg, or you know, a suburb of Williamsport, and we just you know we just leave campus and go into Harrisburg, go into Williamsport. I didn't know. I was so naive, <laughs> and uh, no one in my family had gone to college, and I also found just highly, highly motivated academic people. Like, I was a good student, but I didn't really work at it. But I find these people that are so highly motivated. And um, and then basketball-wise, I, you know, Pat Flannery was the point guard at the time, mm-hmm. the senior starting point guard when I was a freshman, and he was great to me. Took me under his wing, but on the court would kill me. Just kill me as a freshman. We would fight all the time. If I, he would he would make nine great plays in a row. If I made one good play out of ten and made him look bad, he cheap shot me on the next play just to send a message. I'd be like, man, man, just give me one play here. And he was the most competitive guy, and I learned so much from him. And and Coach Woolham was was great, and George Petrie who 
wound up coaching at Gettysburg for a long time as the assistant. Learned so much from those guys. I mean, I, I was just a, a kid from outside Philly that knew nothing about the world at all and, and then got to Bucknell and got the, the, the world opened up to me. It's so cool when you're around great guys like that. I mean, it, yeah. it really is. It means a yeah. lot. Uh, is there anything that you heard from Charlie Willem or did with Charlie Willem on a basketball court that even today is still within you? Oh, definitely. A, a lot a lot of our offensive philosophy. He was a a genius um offensive coach in in, in, in giving um giving players uh incredible confidence in freedom and, and players thinking that they had incredible freedom and, and confidence. But um uh, in reality he had them disciplined in in positions where there really wasn't a lot of decisions they had to make, and they were they were playing off of habits, and, and they were confident and 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 fundamentally sound at the habits he put you in. He ran what's called a numbered fast break, where you ran to spots and positions, and on every possession, and you drilled it, drilled it. So when you were playing, you weren't you weren't really thinking; it was just habitual and and. Uh, I also remember as an offensive player just having the confidence that he he's got your back, man. If you're taking the shots that we work on in practice, whether they're going in or not, he's got your back. And I, I try to do that a lot with our our players to this day. It's interesting because uh, we talked about what I do because I've probably announced almost 1,200 games in my career basketball wise, <laughs> but I've only done one where you were the coach, and that was your last season at Hofstra. And that was in the ECAC Holiday Festival. Wow, so, oh, that's right. Penn State beat us in that game. That's right. Oh, you launched a three from thirty-five feet, man, and you it almost went in. <laughs> yeah, yep. Penn but, State went to the Sweet Sixteen that year, right? They did, they did, yep. and you yep. made and you made the tournament. You made the tournament yep. for a second straight year. Yep. If uh, we would have won that game, if we would have won that game, it would there was some record like. We would have been the first team ever to want, win three or four consecutive holiday festival tournaments. I can't remember if it was three. Or, it, it and and that was such a tight game and such a great game, and um, and we were so close, man. But that you, you found out later in the season, you know, that was well, we did that right around Christmas back then, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. And yeah, and. Um, then you watch that Penn State team over the year, and you realize, damn, like we shoot, wish we would have had somebody else to play against. <laughs> that, that's a really good team. <laughs> well, but well, you didn't you know, know it at the be- you know at the beginning right. of the year. I mean, you knew they were good, but you didn't know how good. Yeah, uh, but Mike, the, the question is that that was your last season at Hofstra. But I think people forget that you spent seven seasons at Hofstra. You don't, but you did. Yeah. So what did that do to help form you as a head coach? It's one thing to be an assistant, but what did those seven years at Austin do to form you as a head coach? Well, that's the that's the the real um, point of it, Steve. As you said, like you you can be an assistant coach all your life, and you think you know what you're doing. You got to be on the sidelines, having to make the decisions, having to answer for everything, having to look your players in the eye after losses. And, and, and bring them back the next day. You got to do that um, first. And um, Dr. Sherwood was the president. Um, 
Jim Garvey was the AD who hired me, but Harry Royal was the AD for a while. They were patient with me. Our first three years, we did not win, and I was just finding my way as a head coach. I was trying to pretend like I knew what I was doing, but I, I was really scrambling and trying to figure it out. And uh, it's so funny, is going into our fourth year, our, our assistant coach, Tom Pacor, who went on to be the head coach at Fordham and Hofstra and Fordham, he was a great New York guy, and we're and I was so naive, and we we went to meet a recruit, and the mom said at the end of the talk, at the end of the visit, well, coach, I I hear if you guys don't win this year, you, you're going to be fired, so you might not be there when my son gets there. And I was like, no, nah, we're fine. They love us. We're building the program. And we walked outside. Tom said, I said, how about her asking that question? Tom said, what do you mean? She's right. We're getting fired if we don't win. Do you know that? And I was like, nah, we won't. <laughs> I was so naive, you know, I, and he was, he was right, but I didn't know it. And we, we, we had a decent year our fourth year, but they were really patient with us. And it, it didn't really, it was our, our fifth, sixth, seventh year that, that, we, that we won and, and really got it going. You know, obviously championship teams are always going to be beloved and bring with them, obviously, great memories and great moments. But in the building process, when you're trying to establish a culture at Villanova, was there a group that you bought in that got it and really kind of sent your culture on the way you needed it to go? Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Steve, definitely. Um, and even got we, we, we remind that, uh, we remind the guys, um, even the guys at Hofstra, there was a group at Hofstra, same thing, that didn't get to stick around when we went to, and, you know, won championships and got to the um, – NCAA tournament, you know those guys you know, laid the foundation, and you know we, you know we we, we talk about um, you know the the the, the yeah, stone cutter, you know, and that you you're tapping at the rock, you know, a, a thousand times, and it might be that that thousand and first blow that that the rock breaks, but it was really all the taps that came before, and every time we we win a championship, we we remind our players that that it, it was. You know the taps that came before were a lot of guys that aren't here that built this. You know, and at Hofstra we had we had some of those guys with James Schaefer and Darius Burton. People won't know about, but they built they started it. You know, and at Villanova it was our it was our first recruiting class. Um, Randy Foley and Alan Ray and those guys came in when it really wasn't. It, it it really it really wasn't cool to come to Villanova at, at that point, and and they did, and they trusted us, and and there was a point, you know, in in their in their uh, junior year, the beginning of their junior year, we beat Oklahoma at at our place, and they, I think they realized like, okay, this this stuff works, man, and 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 um, and they and they 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 were the building blocks, and we 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 referenced them, you know, anytime we win, and they. Stay connected, as all Villanova guys do. You, you can you, you can look back to the, the rich history of Villanova, like Penn State football. Those guys all yep. before I got there. Those guys all come back from back to Paul Arizon and Wally Jones and and um, uh, Bill Melchioni and all those guys. They they all come back and, and, and we, we we play for them. Uh. You really always a priest trying to develop a complete player. You've also played a lot of guards over time, but you've had some guards that have had the ability in being complete players that have become really terrific post-up players. What do you see in a guy, Jay, 
that tells you that they have the ability to do that where the tough points come, or maybe a free throw will get it, come out of it. Yeah, Steve. It's you know, it's not your size. It's just a matter of looking at a guy and his toughness and seeing, you know, based on the on the defender that they're going to put on him, is, is he tough enough, you know, to take that guy inside and, and be physical and, um, and 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 play like a big guy and, and and get to the foul line and create contact and be strong and make the right decisions if you get double teamed. You know, uh, we we. You try not to look at what your size is, just what your what your toughness level and and what your ability to score in there based on who the opponent's going to put on you defensively. And uh, we we have been blessed with some with some great ones over the years. And I, I I'd have to say Ryan Archidiakon will probably start that and taught us yeah. that. He 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 started kind of doing that on his own and showed us that that could work and then we always looked for that in other guys well uh, from me to you uh, the game's been much better because you've been in it and you richly deserve the honor you're going to get uh, and enshrinement will be incredible thanks so much for everything you've done for the game and what you continue to do for the game because Jay Wright is great for the game thank you so much Thanks, Steve. Great talking to you, buddy. Love, love hearing you on Saturdays, man. Hey, thanks so much. That means a lot to me, Jay. Thank you. See you, buddy. Jay Wright, Hall of Famer, head basketball coach at Villanova, two-time national champion. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Doug Bernstein, we welcome everyone back. Problem is, the suit's in the back office. He goes, what is that song? I'm like, oh. <laughs> he scares me. I know he worries you. I mean, the only song, I think the only song the suit knows is Back Home in Indiana, right? <laughs> no God! No God! No I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, conversation with uh, Jay Wright. Nice, easy, free-flowing conversation with, uh, without question, one of the best in the business. You talk about, look, you're humbled by something like that, which obviously he is, but he's deserving of it. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, you know who else is going in to the Hall of Fame with him? Bill Russell. Yeah, I know. That is just like okay. that's okay, a big now, head scratcher for me. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no. Let me explain. Let me explain why Bill Russell's going in again. Okay. It's like John Wooden. John Wooden is in the Naismith Hall of Fame twice. Once for being an all American, and he was a great player at Purdue. He was a great player. He's a three time all American at Purdue. And then of course, so he's in for that. And then he was put in as the head coach at UCLA. Bill Russell already has been in a player for decades. But Bill Russell's going in now for coaching. There it he is. Won, he won two NBA titles with the Celtics. He was the head coach of the Celtics, I think, for three seasons. He was the first ever African-American head coach in the NBA. That's right. And he won two titles. And then he went on and actually had a really nice run with the Seattle Supersonics as a head coach. So that's why Bill Russell's going in as well. 
But that's one of those, like, hey, you're going to the Hall of Fame with Bill Russell. Now, people are like, what? Bill Russell's not in the Hall of Fame. No, Bill Russell's in the Hall of Fame. He just is going in uh, John Wooden style and as a uh, as a player and now as a coach. Hmm. I think a lot of you didn't realize Wooden was in as a player. I would venture to say most of the audience did not know John Wooden is a Hall of Famer uh, as a player. I am one and, of them. I did not know that, so that well, makes sense John, now. John, I want to say John Wooden was out of Terre Haute, Indiana, which is where Indiana State is. And he went to Purdue, and he played in the 30s. I want to say he played, I don't know, right around 32, 33, 34, somewhere around there. Now, remember, it's easy for me. I walk into Mackey Arena. What have I done? 25, 30 games in Mackey Arena in my career? You look up, oh, okay. And then you see the John Wooden All-America banner up there. Uh, in fact, he wore 13 before Glenn Robinson did. So, uh, I think we lost Steve there for a second, but yeah, uh, I actually didn't know that about John Wood, so that makes sense about Bill Russell. But nonetheless, for just for Philly alone, Jay Wright is following Kobe Bryant, so there's that right there. That's a tremendous one-two of Philly basketball, nonetheless. But to have Bucknell represented in that is just tremendous. And that little bit of back and forth he had with Pat Flannery, I, I thought that was awesome. That, that that was really fun. And we'll we'll go back to that. Uh, we'll have that on the Steve Jones Show podcast later on today. We will have it on Apple and Google po- uh, Google podcast podcasts as we always do. And uh, we'll have it on our social media platforms later in case you missed it t- today because that was a tremendous 15 minutes of radio there with Jay Wright and Steve. And again, uh, my biggest thanks to Villanova athletic staff for having them and the sports information staff for squeezing Jay in today with us. That was a lot of fun. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, and also at... Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Neil Colong going to join Steve in the next half hour. Lots to get to with the Steelers. Recap of rookie minicamp. All that and more coming up right here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK.